Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finance and where we give you information to help you make the best financial decisions possible. So if you want to buy your first home, you want to be better with money, you want to learn how to invest, where to begin, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further ado, let's get going with this week's show. Okay, good morning, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'll tell you a funny story in a minute, but this is the second start of this episode, but we'll talk about that a bit later on. But welcome anyway. This is episode 49, and this morning I'm actually joined by two guests. Um, I'm really excited about this because, you know, as always, through this year, I've had a guest on the show. And we've touched on a number of topics um, over the course of the last 11 months, essentially. And this topic we've not really touched on. Um, it's about mortgages, uh, the challenges that you might face listening to this, being a first-time buyer, uh, looking to get on the property ladder for the first time. And this is the first time that I'm going to have two um, guests on the show um, this week. I'm really excited to have this conversation. I'm joined by Lucy and Matt, both from Stepladder. Welcome both. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Yes. So guys, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, let's start off with introductions first and foremost, so that you know the audience can kind of orientate themselves with who's speaking, so on and so forth. So let's start ladies first. Lucy, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, yes, I'm Lucy. I'm one of the co-founders of Stepladder and our motto is we're here to help you buy your first home and we're looking forward to telling you more about that in this podcast. Fantastic. Thank you, Lucy. And Matt? So my name is Matthew Addison. Um, I started Stepladder in 2016. Lucy's been an amazing co-founder in the business and what we've basically done is look at a community-based um, group financial solution, what we call collaborative finance, and said, this can work in the UK to help change a broken system like home buying. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads us really nicely into what it is that you actually do. Now, I know that I met with you, Matt, it feels like ages ago now for the first time, because I came down to London, you were telling me about how this all began and how and your background, which is actually quite interesting as well. Can you just give us an overview of Stepladder and, you know, this broken system, and it is a broken system. There, it almost feels impossible for people. And I'll share the story of a friend of mine that I was speaking to yesterday, who's just bought a house in London, and he was saying it's full of gold mines. But how does Stepladder actually come about? Why do you do what you do? Absolutely, I'd love to answer that question first with a quick potted history. So, Stepladder got going in 2016. We got um, the okay to start trading in 2017 and our first two groups going, what we call our founder circles, right at the end of 17, beginning of 18. And at the beginning of 19, we went into our scale up. And since the beginning of 2019, we've been growing 50% every 90 days. So it's wow. really exciting to see our community grow from a couple dozen people who took a chance on us to several hundred and on our way to several thousand. And wow. one of the things that's really rewarding is to watch people come out the other end of that journey. And the very first member of ours in October of 2018 to buy our house, Shanae, we saw the transformative effect that what we were bringing to market could meaningfully impact our members' lives for the better. Um, and that's the arc of why Stepladder is really a mission-driven business. It's to use collaborative finance, to use a community-based financial solution to fundamentally transform the entire journey of homeowning. Fantastic. And this idea of collaborative finance is not a new thing. It's stuff that has been used for years and years and years and years across the world. 
Lucy, how do you, how have you found that fitting into the UK culture? Because I remember in Nigeria, I, my parents in Nigeria and I spent 10 years out there. We used to have the guy that used to come around every single week and you'd write, you will give them money and it will go into a journal almost. And then you would, they would come back and pay you some money. So how have you found that fitting into the UK culture? It's wonderful. And I love hearing those stories. So I spend a lot of time talking to members and potential members on the phone. And when I describe how we work, they say, oh, this sounds like an adjo or a committee, a chip fund, a susu, a partner or a partner hand. And when, as soon as they say it, I say, oh, are you from Nigeria? Are you from India? Are you from mm-hmm, India? Mm-hmm. How do you know this? So it's so wonderful to hear all the different communities around the world who use it and own it and know it is their own. And I say, oh, did you know actually it's used all over the world in hundreds of different countries? And there were all sort of little tweaks on the way it works in different communities. So actually it's been lovely uh, bringing it and, and, and making it live in the UK where some people know it and they say, oh, well, this is great because actually I don't have to run it. I don't have to be responsible. Or you introduce it to people that have never heard of it and they say, wow, this is so clever. Why has nobody mm. thought of it before? And then you say, well, actually they have, and they've been doing it for hundreds of years. We just don't know it in the UK. So it's really a bit of a tale of two different types of people that we speak to, but everybody loves it. And they come together in the, in the circles and put money aside together. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of um, that we have seen in the UK? We've seen it for actually for a very, very long time. It reminds me of the very um, initial premise and the idea behind a building society. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. The very first um, small building sites that we talked to, uh, we want to engage with the lenders, the people who ultimately provide the mortgage for the home to make sure that they were comfortable. This is a way that the deposit was raised for our members. And some of the very first guys to put their hand up and say, yes, we'd love to be able to meet these members that you are helping through this last mile of the home uh, buying journey were building societies because they saw the core mission is the same. And in many ways, we're going back to those roots. We're just doing it in a digital and scalable way. Yeah. And I think the digital side of things are so, so important now because like, because we were talking about the audience on this podcast, like everything's on your phone now. If, 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 if you haven't got a means where you can contact people or engage with people in a digital fashion, you're kind of lost. It's like they don't find you. And that's the way the world is actually is is moving towards now, really. So, yeah. I mean, you're 100% right. One of the things that I think is really interesting also is we can tap into some of the best elements of the way that these circles work, the way these groups work in a digital format so that it's in everyone's hand, but at the same time, keeping that core element of the people who are in that group are in that group and on that journey with you from beginning to end. And you've got the support of Stepladder on that journey from beginning to end. You have the membership team and the ability to access the membership team for specific introductions to a mortgage advisor or an introduction to um, a lawyer, someone who, while we introduce you and you don't necessarily need to use them, ultimately might also pay us a referral fee. But the reality is we can help you navigate that process every step of the way as opposed to just being transactional. And doing it over the phone means that it can be with you and part of your everyday experience of personal finance as opposed to one that's arm's length. And that's a really, really cool fusion of old and new. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, if you're listening to this and you're kind of trying to figure out what it is exactly that we're speaking about here, we're talking about the journey that you have to go on as a first time buyer. We know that one of the biggest challenges that first time buyers face is acquiring a deposit 
it is the biggest factor. Many people feel as though it's completely unachievable when you start looking at the numbers. I was speaking to a friend of mine, an old colleague of mine, actually, and friend, um, from when I was in Canary Wharf, named Chris, and he won't mind me mentioning this, but he's just managed to buy his first home in Twickenham. And he was literally talking about the minefield that he had to navigate, like things that he never thought he would have to deal with in terms of solicitors and then stamp duty cost and all of this stuff. And he goes, it's taken him ages. It was so, so stressful, but he wouldn't have got to that point because he was thinking, oh my God, look at the deposit I actually need to come up with. And he's been lucky enough where he's been able to use one of the schemes to assist him, but he's a real minefield. And I guess that's where you guys are coming from. That's why you guys are here. And because you essentially want to help people on that journey to acquiring that deposit and also giving them support through that process as well, because it is a minefield. Is that right, Helen? Uh, Lucy? Totally. It, well, it's really lonely as well. I think that's the thing that people forget. Not only do you not learn this stuff at school, right? You learn all this you probably never use again. And then when it comes to, to sort of practical things like buying a home, you don't know what the first step is. And I speak to such yeah. smart people every day who are like, I just don't know where to begin. Um, and so we start with the basics by breaking it down and explaining sort of what, what, what deposit you'll need and how mortgages work. Um, so there's that whole education piece. But also, it's quite lonely putting money aside and quite boring each month putting money away. And you need somebody to kind of cheerlead you, support you on the journey, keep you motivated. So I think it's it's those elements as well as then when you come to do the transaction, how are you going to make the decision? And then making sure you're talking to reputable people. Because if you do a quick uh, search for you know, a mortgage provider or a conveyancing solicitor, and conveyancing um, for people listening is, is the process you go through with a solicitor to make sure you can legally purchase the house and, and all the paperwork. Um, kind of dotted and and crossed in the right places. Um, you know, you come up with a whole raft of people you've never heard of, and how do you know who's good? So it's about kind of connecting you to the right people to support you on the journey when you buy your home. Yeah, absolutely. Would you would you agree with that, Matt? Absolutely. One of the big insights, really, at the outset of this journey, gosh, four and a half, five years ago now, was that people would spend six years saving up their deposit, about six months on right move, trying to find the right house. About six weeks, gain their mortgage arranged, about six days figuring out who's going to do the conveyancing, the survey, et cetera. There was this snowballing of having to make big decisions for big money faster and faster with less mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty textbook way for people to feel like they had a bad, a, a bad customer experience and also that they got ripped off. And so we want to basically shift the balance back. One of the first things that we said about Stepladder when we were laying out the vision was this idea that you need to have someone on your side. Mm. And that's what we want to deliver for our members. It's why we consider ourselves a membership community and not just a financial program. Yeah, I, th I think that's actually really, really important because in my day, I'm a qualified financial advisor, uh, qualified financial advisor and mortgage advisor. But what I find is that even when you have a mortgage advisor on your side, they're there to just go and source the mortgage, go through the application process for you, work out what affordability and all that kind of stuff. But their job is to go and source a mortgage for you. You'll find the good ones will be really, really involved in that process and guiding you through. But the reality is they have four, five, six cases going on. So in terms of being that person or a circle or community that will help you with experience based on their own journey, you're not gonna get that from a mortgage advisor, unfortunately, even though a mortgage advisor is, is crucial to that process. 
Peter, I think you're absolutely right. One of the things that I think is really fascinating, at least from my own perspective, is to see how much the process at the point where we introduced a member to one of the mortgage advisors that we've had good experience with in the past, if we can already engage with our members and part of our underwriting and evaluation process, we match members to a circle. Uh, we should talk a little bit about how a circle works in a minute. But one of the things that is really important is that we're doing a lot of the same work that you would do at the fact find stage when you had a new case that was walking through your door. We've already done a lot of that underwriting and analysis. We think in the way that uh, a mortgage lender does in terms of our credit underwriting that we have in-house in our engine. And so in a way, what we can do also is start talking to our members months or years before they come to your doorstep to take out their mortgage about, well, actually, the biggest impact positively in terms of the mortgage you might be able to take out might be improving your credit history. Why don't you go back and get yourself on the electoral roll? And it costs yes. you nothing, but someone needs to tell you months beforehand. Or there's this old thing from when you were in university housing and you and your housemates didn't pay the utility bill when you moved out in the summertime. Go get that cleared up. And as soon as that disappears, it's going to improve your credit score, you know, or you would expect it to. Like the key thing from our perspective is we can start working with our members earlier than the point where they're ready to transact. And that means that from your perspective, they're more informed, qualified, and better applicants i love that because oftentimes i've certainly seen it where a first time i will come to a mortgage advisor and they're not actually ready they're not at that stage just yet and i've seen it too many times where you they go for an agreement in principle and like mortgages are relatively easy to get because at the end of the day the bank is taking collateral in the properties. If you don't pay it, they'll repossess the home. So they're easier to score. But I've seen it a number of times where they've forgotten that they didn't pay their phone bill like for three months in a row. And it's like, guys, like, come on. <laughs> like, this is the kind of stuff that needs to be checked beforehand. But because again, Lucy, we don't get taught this in school. We have no idea. So oftentimes we're just approaching like, we need to buy a house. Uh, let's just go talk to a bank without that that preparation that is required to make sure that you have dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. I don't, do you find it's a common, common thing within the circles that people need that additional information and guidance and education, Lucy? Absolutely. And I, there's something you're going to love even more, Peter, which is the flip side of that, that is paying into your stepladder circle can potentially help increase your credit rating because we report to the credit bureaus each month. So not only are we educating on the kind of negative and how do you make it better, but hopefully we'll also make the credit score better. Mm. So mm. that's really exciting. People love that. And, and you're right, people just don't know this. I think what I really love about it is it goes back to my very first job when I left school was I was a personal trainer and fitness instructor. And it's that idea of like, you don't go and run a marathon, just go, you wake up and go, I'm going to run a marathon. You say, oh, I'm going to train and I'm going to eat right. And I'm going to buy the right trainers and I'm going to run with other people and I'm going to talk to other people about how they do it and what the best strategies are. And then you run the marathon successfully, hopefully. So I think, you know, there's a lot of synergies um, with that kind of idea of getting somebody ready to buy. Yeah, absolutely. Just you don't bowl up and buy it. Yeah. So you spoke about the circles. Tell me a bit more about the circles and how they actually work. Um, how have you set them up? Absolutely. So I, I'll give you a simple example. And if anyone here is listening in London thinking I'm a crazy lady, but where can you... <laughs> Where can you buy a property with uh, a £10,000 deposit? Just bear with me. It's easier to just use simple numbers. Okay. Uh, so say in an imaginary an imaginary London town many years ago, you could buy a, a property with a £10,000 deposit and you decided you could afford to put aside £500 a month. That would take you 20 months saving each month 
500 pounds. What we do at Stepladder is we match people in the communities that we talked about in our Stepladder circles. So there'll be 20 people all putting money aside together every month. And in month one, 20 people putting in 500 pounds is 10,000 pounds. We then randomly allocate that central pot of money to one member to buy their home. And then the next month, somebody else gets the pot and the next month, somebody else. So each month, one member receives their 10,000 pound deposit. Everybody stays together for that 20 month period, always paying in 500 pounds. So by the end, everybody has paid in 10,000 pounds. Everybody's taken out 10,000 pounds, but 19 out of 20 people have got their deposit faster. Uh, the reality is people have stayed with that program as well. If you do that on your own, you're probably likely to take a couple of months out and go on holiday mm -hmm. or, or just dip into it. Mm -hmm. So what, what our members report is actually it's the discipline that they love. You know, the speed is very exciting. If you get called in month two or three and told you've got 10,000 pounds, you know, it's, it's one of mine and Matt's favorite things to do is call the members and tell them they've been drawn. They're like, really? I didn't yeah. think I'd be so <laughs> early. And I say, well, somebody's got to be first. So that's super exciting. But actually the real value I think comes in the education and the support that we've talked about, but also this idea of like holding people to account. They know I've signed up and I'm going to make those monthly payments. And and I, I so Osei, because obviously we had a, a home ownership uh, event two weeks ago and Osei will speak it there. And he was talking about the success rate that you guys have had with this. Can you tell me a bit more about that, Matt? I mean, so the success rate, I'm curious over which dimension he was talking about. Um, I come from the mindset as the, uh, the financial engineer of the team to think a lot in terms of how successful we've been in underwriting and the success rate of our membership. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the key takeaways is that the rate of completion of our circles is extremely high. And in fact, there's um, consistent research on the fact that these kinds of group financial commitments usually increase the likelihood of obtaining financial goal by a factor of three and reducing the likelihood of non-completion by as much as 90%. Or, wow. uh, and our numbers really bear that out. We have an ultra low rate of people um, who fall behind on payments after having been drawn. We haven't even really had anyone who hasn't made, uh, who's defaulted on any of their exposure. I mean, we're talking about a couple hundred pounds in the context of having had uh, our members draw over nearly 600,000 pounds now with this coming wow. month. And wow. that's unbelievably good. I mean, it's the kind of numbers that um, make you rub your eyes and say, maybe my decimal point's in the wrong place. <laughs> but you know, I, it, it's an incomplete picture to talk about the numbers and not talk about the success in terms of our members and seeing the effect it has on their lives. I mean, we are now, mem you know, a couple dozen of our members have actually moved into their homes uh, with our help and our support. And it's just to see that, that's really the gold standard. And also the example it sets to others who are on that journey as well. And I think, Lucy, you have some fantastic, fantastic experiences with our members at that point of getting their keys. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh, there's so, there's so many great stories. I mean, we helped a young NHS doctor get her first home and she had quite the sort of story backwards and forwards getting messed around by the vendor. And so she came to us and actually Matt gave her some brilliant coaching on uh, how much to pay and how to kind of negotiate the price and, and to kind of be quite nonchalant. She was in love with this property, but um, just, you know, go back and say, oh, I'm going to look at some other properties, you know, just to give the estate agent the idea. Oh, I'm going to go and look somewhere else. And she was she was super grateful for, for that advice because she was navigating it on her own. So uh, and then by the time she got in, she had a handyman who kind of did a lot of things wrong. And we were waiting to get some photos. So, you know, even when she got in, we were kind of there on the journey with her. And 
and supporting her. So that was, it was lovely to see her get into her property. And then another one of our members, Navjot, um, I remember calling him to do a little interview about his new property. And uh, he said something about having a new baby. And I said, oh, how old's your new baby? And he said, oh, 12 hours old. Um, <laughs> but he just wanted to chat to us because he was so excited about having yeah. a new house. And he had a 12 hour old baby. So, yeah. I mean, that was, that was really lovely. So there were just so many really human stories about, how people have, um, you know, moved out of living with their parents and and created a home for their children. That is really lovely. It, it sounds like what you you guys are creating there. I mean, we've used the word community, but I think that 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 what that means is really really important in terms of you know you've got people in circles who are working towards a goal collectively, and I think one thing that sh- can't be understated is the natural human um, tendencies that we have to not want to disappoint people in a circle working towards the same goal together. Because I guess the skeptical listener will say, well, actually, well, what stops anyone from like uh, being part of a circle? Then all of a sudden they get their payout and then they just go off. I don't think it's as simple as that because number one, you will, a decent human will be, will be, will be like, well, there's another 15 people in this circle. I've had mine. I want to help them also get, get theirs because it's an accomplishment it's a life accomplishment and but I guess that you guys also do have things that you put in place processes and stuff like that as well to kind of protect the other people that have been the circle is that right Matt? For your listeners I'm going to say that Matt's eyes have just come alive he's like yeah <laughs> financial structuring um, so <laughs> I know buckle up. this is quite quite exciting that is a team uh-huh. that comes to these things so I, you're absolutely right, Peter. Those that kind of analysis about specifically what would different numbers do depending on when they had drawn and mitigating that risk and quantifying that risk over the whole group is a core part of why we spend over 18 months actually designing the mechanism, um, the pricing of it, the kinds of risk that we take for any size group over any period of time for any amount of money and building those models internally in-house. And that's a big part of the IP that we have in the business. But some of the tangible examples are, for example, when you've been drawn, rather than sending the money into your personal bank account and then having that temptation to go get that new sports car, we release it to your solicitor when it's time to exchange on the property. So the cash becomes bricks and mortar. Another really, really simple example is how we deal with the credit bureaus. Not only do we do that as part of fraud control at the upfront stage so that we verify everyone's identity on the way in, but also in terms of reporting on an ongoing basis. And the amount of uh, that you have left to pay shows up as an unsecured balance that you have to continue making a payment of. So if suddenly you've actually drawn and then decide not to pay anymore, there is that credit impact. And especially if you're in the home buying journey, that could significantly affect the ability for you to actually be able to complete on the property. And that's to have both carrot and stick. This idea that we want to help people reach their goals at the same point, no one's supposed to take advantage of everyone else. And the last one, and this is just a little bit of um, of gamification, if you will. The fact is there's no way to affect who gets to draw first and last. It's entirely algorithmic and random. And so no one can bribe Lucy and say, I want to get drawn next month. It's entirely a random process. And so that attracts people who think of themselves as setting aside money for a particular goal over a period of time, get lucky early, as opposed to people who want to jump to the front of the queue. There's no way to do that with Stepladder. It's entirely fair between all the members of your group. Who goes first and who goes last? I love the way you just explained that. I love the way you just explained that because, I mean, I didn't even know that that's what you guys did. I know that you had this mechanism in the background to kind of protect people and you do the due diligence. But doing it in that fashion is actually 
again, it's it's anchoring someone into the pure purpose of why they're doing this in the first place. It's not cash that you can just go out, take, go shopping. Like this cash is going to be allocated to your solicitor for when you're ready to purchase the house. So where you might have people who might have a tendency where you'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to use it for something else. Actually, no, you're committed now. And we're going to make sure that we push you and nudge you to that commitment and actually do to completion, which in a lot of circles is very, very hard to do. I mean, I have a, a small accountability circle, which is for like weekly goals and all that kind of stuff. But having that that nudge, that final commitment push to your goal is really, really, really important. And I think that will resonate with, with community, mem- community members, circle members, surely. Absolutely. And by the way, Peter, one of the things that you had asked us before, if we had anything to announce, one of our big initiatives in the new year is uh, what we call unboxing the circle, which is bringing the idea of the circle to alternative uses that broaden it out. So after you've moved in, if you want to get that sofa, maybe there's something by having a group of 10 of you who are all going to spend a thousand pounds on a sofa, each of you, we can go to a sofa store and get some real uh, trade rates on that sofa for each one of you and make that money go further. Because nice. as a group, there's more power than being an individual. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've got to ask this. I have to ask this. Who comes up with all these ideas and these these new things that you're introducing in? Do you all get together? So you and Lucy in a room and just be like, right, what, we've had some feedback. What do we think we can add to it? How does this all work? Well, Matt's too modest to tell you that he's the big brain behind the original <laughs> idea, right? So Roskas have been around for hundreds of years, but it's Matt's financial structuring brain and background in financial markets that's brought the idea of a stepladder circle to life. And then the ideas that go on around it, it's all of, we, we call the team the dream squad because people just say, oh my gosh, you're making my dream come true. So we call ourselves the dream squad. And, and, and all the add-ons and the bits and pieces that we put in and the different ideas we have some lovely uh, brainstorming meetings where we say what else could you you know what else could you use a roster or a stepladder circle for and you know all sorts of things like buying cars motorbikes mobile phones we've talked about all sorts of cosmetic surgery which always is a bit of a giggle in the office um I'm a big fan of my Dyson Airwrap, which does my hair. You know, we can have a circle to, to do that. We've, we've done a collaboration with a fashion brand to help people buy luxury handbags and shoes. Um, you know, the, the possibilities are endless, really. So the brainstorming as a team is really fun. And I think something about the Dream Squad is, you know, there's 11 of us and we are all really very, very different. So in one of our team events, we all said, we went around and said, like, if, you, if I asked you to turn your music down, what would you be listening to? And like... It was 11 entirely different genres of music. <laughs> it's the same with food and like, you know, what did you do last night? I'll be at the back Barry's boot camp when I'm allowed to be. Matt will be watching a film and the team will all be doing completely different things. And I think for me, that is what brings like these ideas together. And, and then we come up with the next idea. I have to ask then, like long term for you guys, because obviously I guess one of the things that you can do is you can put people in touch with, you know, solicitors and mortgage brokers, that kind of stuff. Do you envisage Matt bringing that kind of like in-house so that you can control the customer experience um, sort of long-term or do you, do you want, are you going to keep that separate? I mean. Well, I, I think it's adjacent. I think the real question is if we thought that we could meaningfully improve what the experience of our members were, remember our first priority is our members and mm-hmm. we want to always be introducing them to partners that we think are going to be able to really help them complete their journey mm-hmm. uh, even if we do get a commission from that introduction no member is ever tied to using anyone 
that we introduce. And we consider that a way to keep ourselves honest and make sure that our members are getting service that actually is what suits their needs. But the short answer is, Peter, um, I think over time, if we feel like that's the right way to get the most for our members, especially if we keep developing some of these conversations directly with uh, the larger banks and the lenders about very specific products for stepladder members, then I think there's a, there's a real reason for us to bring that advisory in-house. But honestly, I feel like that's uh, a conversation for at least another year. Yeah. I mean, been in the industry for a long time. I, get, I, I find what you guys are doing really, really interesting. And I think the mortgage market is ripe for innovation. I mean, look, the financial advisory market, the mortgage market, they've always done this pretty much about the same thing for such a long time. It could do with some innovation, some assistance to actually help people because we're living in an era now where, you know, my demographic, my target audience, they're the first generation that are going to be dealing with the possibility of AI taking over jobs. They're the first people who are having to really think about actually, you know, um, what's going to happen in terms of we are living in a world where there doesn't seem to be that wage growth, certainly after COVID. There needs to be innovation. It sounds to me like you guys are in a position where you can be, you know, front runners in actually innovating in that regard. But I also do understand that it's very, very hard sometimes to forge relationships with people that you know that if you're going to hand someone over, they're going to do a really, really good job and also protect your reputation as well, because you do a great job up to that point. And your biggest wish for your for your circle members, I would imagine, is them getting the best service on the other side. So their overall experience is untainted in every way, shape or form. But I know it's a very, very difficult balance to, to try and maintain. Are you, uh, no, are you coming to join the dream squad then, Peter? I know you've got your eye on my step. <laughs> no, like, listen, um, look, the first time I had a chat with you, Matt, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is something that, you know, could really, really help people and stuff. Um, but like I said, you know, the financial services industry, it does need innovation. The reason why I've stepped away from financial advice is because, you know, at the end of the day, there is so much education that we do not provide people. They have no idea where to begin and they have to have an outlet to give them the information, to nudge them in the right directions. And what you guys are doing is absolutely key in that whole, um, in that in that entire space, because yes, you've got the circles, but actually one of the core things you guys are doing is you're providing the education and the steps to help people get on the property ladder. I feel like you've just asked Lucy to talk to you a little better uh, step ladder homeschool initiative. <laughs> yeah look i'm on the same page as you guys i really really am but i think the work that you do is amazing and we need that education is so so important i did a a talk for a, a group in a finance a community of financial advisors and wealth professionals and i said look we need to meet we need to meet people the younger generation where they're at and where they are is on social media we need to be able to pivot and evolve the way we work to meet them and understand what their requirements are not just thrust well this is what we do they don't care they're interested in how you can help them achieve goals which is why i love the the dream squad i love that title because it is about dreams it's aspirations that's what motivates people i always talk about you know if you want people to do something you have to find something of intrinsic value so what is that goal what is that dream what is that inspiration people are more likely to make a change when it's tied to something intrinsically and opposed to buy a house because you'll be a property owner. Well, okay, what if they don't want to be a property owner? What if they don't care about that? You know, it's really, really important. I think you guys have managed to make that connection really nicely. Thanks. I, 
we we know that people feel too easily on their own in society today and the sense that you can have more of that connection and you know lucy's fantastic insight about the idea of like a running club this idea that you share more about your mental health more about your physical health your well-being your diet there's no reason why that line needs to be drawn at personal finance as well we are and especially the generation today i think a lot of people who are listening to us today peter are exactly the folks who realize that actually together we're stronger absolutely i would would you agree with that lucy Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a coach by training. So anything to do with kind of reaching goals and, and doing things together is, yeah, absolutely essential. Fantastic. Look, guys, this has been a really, really short one. But are there any other bits and pieces that you would like to kind of just like add on to this conversation for, for the benefit of the of the audience and the listeners? So Matt just mentioned Stepladder Homeschool, and obviously you were talking about education, Pete, and we've talked about how we sort of support people on that journey. What we've done is one of our sort of recent innovations is to formalise that more, and, and coming soon is going to be the launch of Stepladder Homeschool, okay. which is a sort of slightly more formal journey uh, rather than just kind of picking up the phone to us, is we've taken all of the things that people ask us and put it into a series of kind of eight lessons of how to buy your first home, starting with that mindset piece and how do you yes. even set the goal of where you're going and then into kind of budgeting, then into investing. So once you've got some money, if you need to invest it on the way and then, you know, Matt built this brilliant widget um, for some of our members that just helps you make that decision. You know, like you can say, well, I need a car parking space, but I also need a garden. I want to be near a park for my dog. And how do you trade off those qualitative factors? So we've got like a little widget that people can use to help them choose. So, you know, you get into the decision-making and then you get into, you know, what does all the jargon mean and just put it together in a nice little sort of package that is homeschool. And that's going to be available soon on our website. So is that, is, when's that going to launch roughly? Can you say? Just after the new year. We're in oh, beta wow. right now and we're iterating it pretty quickly. Amazing. No, that 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 for me, because again, the way I see that is a one-stop shop. I often speak to people like, I want to buy for my first house. Okay, so what do you want? And oftentimes people struggle with, okay, so if I want this, they have an idea of a dream house or the dream first property. And it's like, okay, so what's that going to cost? And when they really get into the reality of, right, that house is going to cost me this much, they then have to really make that real decision of, okay, so what do I trade? What do, yeah. what do I trade off? Do I trade off the garden? Do I trade off a bedroom? And it's really, really hard to, to navigate that decision. But with things like that to help people, I think that's, that's great. That's really, really good. We're big fans of looking ahead. The problems get smaller if you start working them sooner. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. 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 This is amazing, guys. I can't wait to see that. It's really, really Thank great. Thank you so much, Peter. Thanks for having us on. No, no, I appreciate it, guys. Look, if you've listened to this episode, oh, actually, before we go, how do people actually connect with you guys and actually join the circles? Let's cover that because that's a really important piece. Great question. Joinstepladder.com. Everything you need to know is on joinstepladder.com. We've got chat, which Peter and Aisha in the Dream Squad are always covering they'll be on there now chatting away to members so they love a little chat if you don't want to talk in person you can chat in the bottom right hand corner or you can give us a call there's a phone number on there um give us a call we always love to have a chat uh peter and aisha in the membership team are always reaching out on whatsapp so if you prefer whatsapp we'll chat to you on whatsapp basically all the options are on joinstepladder.com we're obviously on instagram and Facebook and uh, Matt and I are so old we're on LinkedIn so Lucy Mullins <laughs> and Matthew Madison we're on LinkedIn 
Yeah, I will leave a link to all of those in the show notes as well. So if you are listening to this and this is really piqued your interest and you are on the journey where you do want to start looking at your, your house, your first property, and there might be an opportunity, you know, in 2021, there are talks that the stamp duty coming to an end will present opportunities for people trying to get onto the property ladder. But as always, you may be three months away, six months away, a year away, two, three years away from, you know, that, that process of actually buying your first house. But the idea is that if you start looking at it right now, you're more likely to know what you need to do to get this as something that you can achieve within a set time scale. You need a plan, you need to understand what you need to do. And this is where Stuff Letter comes in to help you with that plan, to make that a reality. So if you're listening to this and you're a first time buyer, or you have this idea that you do want to buy your first home, that is always gonna be a dream for many people then you need to be getting in contact with Matt and Lucy and the guys at Stepladder. Again, I will leave the links um, in the show notes below. The simple thing to do, if you're on Instagram, just go follow them on Instagram. Very, very simple. Have a conversation there. But guys, I appreciate you for being here. Thank you so much, Lucy and Matt, for, for joining me for this conversation. Really do appreciate it. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Excellent, guys. So until next week, um, have an amazing week. I'd love to hear from you guys around whether you found this useful. You guys are amazing at messaging me on IG. So do drop me some feedback. And um, yeah, we might have a look at trying to get these guys back in the new year, maybe to talk about the homeschooling um, element um, in the new year. That would year. be awesome. And uh, Thank maybe you. do something as well visually where we can kind of run people through how it actually works and maybe some steps and stuff. So that might be something we can do as well. But guys, thank you so much for dialing in and listening. Have a great week. Catch you soon. Thank you. Very cool.